Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm Erica Castiglione, the Director of Women's Discipleship here at Waypoint, and I'm joined by a few friends. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, Caleb Thomas here, the Youth Director at Waypoint and also a sixth grade social studies teacher over at East Millbrook Middle in Raleigh. I am Angelica Kwani. I've been at Waypoint a little over a year now. I taught in fifth grade for the past four years, and this year I will be sixth grade math at McDougal Middle School in Chapel Hill. And I'm Kathleen Buckley. I've been at Waypoint uh, for two years now, just about, and I teach sixth grade Bible and science at Trinity School of Durham and Chapel Hill. All right. Well, we are going to be talking about teaching and teachers today and to start us with that uh, our icebreaker is what is your favorite what was your favorite subject in school growing up um well for me it was social studies and Mm -hmm. teaching that now is a pretty natural fit um growing up i have always described myself as the weird kid that watched a lot of documentaries for whatever reason that just clicked with me and i was cool with it and growing up and going to school, yeah, history was always super important to me. And now that's kind of evolved a little bit more to encompass uh, politics as well and geography. So I'm right in my sweet spot. So uh, I teach science and I actually loved science growing up, but I also loved reading. I was, um, reading just was a joy for me. And I remember reading something and then wanting to share it with all of my friends and how some of my friends thought that was kind of weird. Um, so I was a bit of a geek nerd. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, it was before book clubs. So, you know, uh, that was definitely something I was always interested in. And I read a lot. Um, as a kid, but science, I was just always, science and math in particular, because they were harder for me, and I enjoyed that challenge, um, and so I, that's where I ended up. I don't remember my favorite subject, like elementary and middle school. I know I did not like a lot of subjects. Um, I liked when our teachers read books aloud to us. Like I distinctly Mm -hmm. remember the chapter books my teachers Mm -hmm. would read to us. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I teach math now, but I did not like math until high school. And then I had a teacher, I had three in a row that made it make sense. And I loved it. It was like a puzzle. Um, So by high school, math was my favorite. Isn't that interesting how a teacher can change how you you see a subject? So. Mm Mine was definitely English. I love reading. I love writing. History was a close second, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me a little bit about your teaching journey. So um, why did you choose to teach? Is it something where you, you know, did you play school as a kid, always want to be a teacher, or did you come into it later? And what's your journey been? Like, what did you study? What are some places where you've taught? Well, I'll, I'll start. I've probably been teaching the longest here since I know that I'm the oldest here. So um, I have been teaching a very long time. Um, and uh, I, I started actually wanting to go into the medical field because I do love science uh, so much. Um, went to Houghton College, and uh, which is a Christian college in Western New York, um, and uh, had done very well in all the sciences in high school and done AP classes. And then I got to college and expected it to just be this like, wow, I'm going to learn so much and I'm just going to, you know, I started out pre-med and 
found out that it was just as cutthroat in a Christian college as it would have been in any other college. And there were only so many spots in medical school um, that would be taken, you know, that I... I just realized pretty quickly that that's not who I am as a person. And it was really hard. I remember um, like people actively trying to prevent you from doing well in your science um, uh, work because it m would make them not look as good. And so, you know, there was this I, I'd never experienced anything like that. And I was this sort of, oh, let's do this together. And let's, you know, and I, and, and how can we help each other? And I realized that that was more my style. And so pretty quickly, I realized that the medical field probably wasn't for me. But then it, the question was, well, well, what do I do? And fortunately, I met someone who, you know, as she sort of entered, she was a teacher, but as she was just talking to me, was a friend, uh, mother of a friend of mine, she said, you, you not only have the heart of a teacher, you've been a teacher for a long time. I'm an oldest child um, by several years. And so she said, you really should consider this. And I had always taught Sunday schools. I had always been active with kids and I had done so much of it and I'd never considered it before. But when I started looking at my own life through that lens, I realized, oh my goodness, I, I think she's right. And I've never looked back. Wow. I'm kind of the stereotypical story. I had my mom put a whiteboard up on the wall of my room <laughs> when I was an elementary schooler. And I still remember. So I did like at least some math because I remember I learned factor trees in like sixth grade and I went home and did factor trees for fun for what felt like forever. So, so um, whiteboards didn't exist when I <laughs> was in elementary school, just, just to give context here. So, um, so I, I definitely like always thought I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and then I went to UNC Chapel Hill, did my bachelor's in psychology, actually, because my fifth grade teacher had a bachelor's in psychology, and I thought she was like the coolest person on earth, and she was knew how to relate to us, and I was like, that must help. Um, and then just kind of found myself falling into a place I student taught and really liked, and um, stayed from there. But my one rule and what I think about when I think about ever leaving teaching and how I felt since I was young was like I just can't imagine a more fun job mm -hmm. and getting to spend the time with kids every day I'm like that's yeah. amazing so that what drew me to it and kind of what's keeping me there now yeah um so yeah going into college I really had no idea what I wanted to do so I knew that I really liked the social sciences and I kind of wanted to stay in that route I went in with uh, an international affairs major and then took a really cool anthropology class and I changed it to that. And then I uh, went to uh, work at this summer camp, Camp Oak Hill, after my freshman year, shortly after I had changed my uh, major to anthropology. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't think that I want to do that. And that summer I was like, a, I was a counselor and really kind of realized again, like, hey, I really like working with kids and this is really fun. So going back to school at the uh, University of Georgia, go dogs. Um, mm. Thereafter, I was like, well, maybe teaching social studies could be a really good pairing of those two things. So that's kind of where that decision was made. I went on and majored in social studies education. 
and then uh, have been teaching for the past four years now over in Raleigh and enjoying it. Oh, I love the way that God like puts people on a journey and gives them passions and gifts. I know that not everyone in the world gets to make their passion also their vocation, but I love when that happens and you can see that in a neat way and especially with teaching how children are blessed through that. I have a little experience with teaching, although it ended up not being my final path, but uh, I was an English major at Auburn, War Eagle, <laughs> and then uh, I went to China after and taught um, English over there for a little while, and then when I came back, I taught high school at a private high school in Atlanta, and I discovered I love the subject, and I like the kids, I like teenagers, but wasn't the best at classroom management, and I didn't like grading <laughs> research papers. Those were probably the two things yeah. that I didn't love about the job. So I was kind of uh, deciding, is this something I really want to do long-term or not? Around that time, we decided to go back overseas. Maggie was born, and then God had a different path for me. So I feel thankful that I get to use still some of my gifts and things um, for teaching, but in a totally different context. Although I did spend two years as a teacher's assistant in a first grade classroom when my kids were really young, I realized I gained a whole new respect for <laughs> elementary school teachers, especially those early years. The kids were really cute, but man, there's a lot to cover and a, a lot to manage too. So, Were y'all ever teachers for your kids in a classroom? No, actually, I was a sub. Like when I had that job, all three of my kids went to that school, and I would sometimes sub in their classroom, which was funny because I would come in and they'd be like, oh, Derek's mom's our <laughs> sub, or whatever, That's you fun, know. Yeah. And then in the summer, we did a little, like, you know, what I would call fun school stuff, you know, like, but never their official teacher. I, I actually um, had my son for a little while uh, in a PE class that I taught for a little while. Um, you know, we lived overseas, uh, and so a lot of times when you go overseas, um, you just take whatever is available or what they need. And sometimes, you know, I'd show up at a school and they'd be like, oh my gosh, yes, we need somebody here. And so anyway, I was teaching PE, and uh, this was in my son's high school. I ended up teaching him in PE, which was kind of fun. Um, but a lot of substituting um, yes. similarly. And my daughter actually had a rule that I couldn't take a job that she was in. Like if there was a substitute job that, you know, she was like, no, I couldn't. But my son was much more. He was like, yeah, whatever, mom, you do what you, you do you. And so, so that was great. That's funny. I, yeah, th my kids were actually pretty good about mm -hmm. it. They're pretty yeah. cool with it. No, my first three years that I did teach high school, I had a lot of transition in my life. Like I started the first year, it was Miss Shelton. Oh. Then I came back the second year as Mrs. Castellone, and then I came back the third year I was pregnant. So it was oh my like goodness, crazy. yeah, that's a lot. So, yeah, that's a lot. So um, in your teaching journey so far, what have been some of the biggest challenges? I want to ask about the good stuff, but I thought we'd start with the challenges and then build up. I watch Abbott Elementary. It seems like there's a lot of challenges. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good show. Um, <laughs> I get frustrated with the principal in that show because I think she should have been fired day one. <laughs> but she's the best. Um, I love her. <laughs> she, she's great, but she's also everything I hate about um, admin. That you know, That's not entirely true. It's a great show. We love it, too. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, something that I think that we see now is just as a teacher, you end up wearing a lot of hats. Mm. Um, you are very rarely just responsible for educating in your classroom. You're also at different times the counselor or the, um, not the parent, but you kind of do some things that parents do. Um, the nurse um, and, you know, unfortunately nowadays sometimes a security guard. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The way I have joked about it, half joking with um, people that ask questions like that is everything besides teaching the standards. I feel most confident teaching the standards. That's the easy part. That's what I went to school for. It's the the bureaucracy outside of the classroom. It's the needs kids come in to the classroom with. It's navigating 30 different prepubescent teens trying to figure out who they are and what they want to do and how their brains work and um i think the idea of many hats is is really accurate um makes every day different keeps you on your toes but can be a big challenge i i think it's for me personally and still after all of these years that i've been teaching it's managing time outside Mm -hmm. of school because Honestly, I, and, and part of it's because I'm sort of a perfectionist. Okay, I am a perfectionist, <laughs> all right? And um, it's this idea that, oh, I can make that better. I can make that better. And, and this constant um, just ref- reflecting on my own teaching style and what I'm doing in my classroom and making notes and going home and making changes mm-hmm. and just constantly wanting that to be better. And at some point I actually have to be a better teacher. I actually need to tell myself to stop. Mm-hmm. I'll be a better teacher if I get the rest that I need and, um, or do something with my family, do something different and, you know, not, uh, but it is, it really can be consuming. And so that mm-hmm. is for me personally, the challenge is not to be consumed by it so yeah and that can be hard too especially whenever there are some expectations placed on us outside of school by the school whether that's um working at this baseball game that's going on or having to be at this after school event or just having this meeting that goes after school and Mm -hmm. you know some of that a lot of other jobs have too it's not just Mm -hmm. unique to teaching but it can uh, make for some long days, especially toward the uh, the beginning of school as things are all coming together. Yeah. It's definitely like you're creating a presentation every day, right? Yes, because you are. Because you are, yeah. So, yeah. Um, what are some of the joys or blessings of your vocation as a teacher? There is nothing like a kid coming into your room with a giant smile on their face, excited to tell you something about their lives. Yes. That just like Mm -hmm. is an unparalleled feeling of this child is excited to be here because there's a relationship here and um, to get to see them be excited about learning. And um, it's very clear the impact that you make a lot of days. And I think that that's something that sometimes is unique to teaching and is a blessing. Absolutely. I would completely agree with that. It is uh, this this joy of watching that child learning grow. Like you, you see them at the beginning of the year and by the end of the year and when they discover how much they've learned and grown also, it's also that's it just adds to it. It's it is it's just there's nothing more exciting in my opinion. 
Yeah. And I think particularly, like, I, I love social studies, and a big part of my class is kids having conversations with each other about, you know, these these old things yeah. that, you know, may impact us now or may, um, we, we may have something going on in our world today that's kind of like these old things that we're talking about. So I love to see whenever they can connect the dots and realize, oh, hey, like, this is the application of what we're talking and learning about. It's, you know, not irrelevant to my life today. That's really fun. And as a whole, like, it can be a really fun vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, on, you know, in my class, we there, there are days where, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. You, um, you end up teaching a lot of vocabulary, regardless mm-hmm. of what you teach or how old your students are. Um, so, like, I every year, like, teach assassination. Obviously mm-hmm. very bleak, but it, it's mm-hmm. funny to kind of hear them all like they're they're all gonna say with you assassination and then they're gonna <laughs> do silly things with that so just kind of being the person that is informing all these kids and mm-hmm. kind of guiding them is is really cool i also think it's a joy and a blessing to be able to learn on, alongside my students sure. and it is so exciting when they ask a question and you're like, I've never thought about that. Let's look it up. Or you see a kid do something some way and you're like, I would have never thought about doing it that way. And being able to continue to learn is why I loved school when I was younger and I still feel like I learn stuff every day. And um, so that is a high point for sure. Yeah, as a parent, it's fun uh, when your kids are learning stuff, particularly like in social studies, like events, and you're like, oh, yeah, I was alive when that happened. I totally remember, (laughs) you know, and you can tell stories and stuff about it. Yeah. So as a believer, how does your, I'm springing a question on you that I just thought of, but how uh, does your faith impact how you teach or your, your work? So I'm going to start there because I'm teaching in a Christian school. And I don't think either of you are teaching in a Christian school. So, um, and I haven't always taught in Christian schools. Um, I, I actually started my career in a Christian school and moved out of that pretty quickly. But um, so it is coming back to it feels so. Um, what's the word? Uh, just like this is such a bonus because now I get to talk about it and I'm teaching not just science, but science and Bible. And people think, wait, how can those two things go together? But I, the kids are the ones who constantly have these connections that they make. Oh, that's like in, you know, and they just, it is amazing. And it's so much fun to have that. So, but being able to, and actually have part of my mandate to share, be able to share my faith with kids and be able to pray with them and have them come to me. And it is, and, and have colleagues around me who share that, Oh my goodness. I I sort of feel like pinch me. (laughs) (laughs) Kayla and I are both in public school. So that's a little (laughs) little little harder to to process. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's tricky because, um, like you, you're obviously, you're not encouraged to share the gospel. So, whenever an opportunity comes up for that and being in social studies, I have so much more chance to talk about Mm -hmm. that than a lot of other teachers do. I explicitly teach on like, Oh, like a a timeline whenever it shifts from BC or BCE to AD or CE, like, Hey, why did that change? Oh, well, 
thankfully, you know, I, I can tell you a lot about that and why it's Jesus. Um, and I have a whole lot of other opportunities there. So I think it challenges me to be as vigilant as I can, um, Mm -hmm. because those opportunities do come and kids are, are really curious and, um, it's such a, a pleasure to be able to be the one to, mm-hmm. to share that whenever it does come up. And then beyond that, I'm just reminded of like, and again, this goes for every, every occupation, but just the call that we've been given to work and to have our work exemplify mm-hmm. God's goodness, um, to his children as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, uh, as the year is starting, always a big focal point, like, Hey, remind yourself who it is that you are working for. Um, and it's not yourself. It's, it's, um, God. I also, I went into public education. I was a product of public education and, um, I believe in the value of it for all kids. And I really thought a lot too about, um, every kid deserves a safe adult and an adult they feel good with. And for some kids, they're blessed, like I was, to have parents that felt that way and relatives and church leaders. And there are other kids that come into school and that's their only one. Um, And so I thought, too, about how there are kids that I interact with that I am the only Christian in their lives. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a very sobering thought, um, but has also really shaped, I think, it has given me a focus of, Um, The only way I'm going to be successful at this is the power of Christ. And how can I display things like patience and mercy and grace um, in little ways, like not getting angry when you break something and you look at me with those giant eyes and (laughs) it's okay, sit back down, like things like that. Um, And being able to kind of, my goal and my dream would be to model a Christian life and do it in such a way that later they might be able to look back and be like, Oh, I wonder if that was what was different about Miss Kwani. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to give them just a little piece of what I feel um, from having a relationship with the Heavenly Father to hopefully poke and prod their heart a little bit at what might be there mm-hmm. with their maker. That was really neat. Yeah. I'm glad we have a variety here. I know at Waypoint, we have some homeschooling moms, we have some. Uh, those that teach at Christian school, uh, private, just regular private school, public school, charter school. We've got professors. We have like a a variety, which is really cool. And as you guys were talking, I was thinking, well, teaching has some unique opportunities to practice some like spiritual disciplines in the sense of like you're really serving a lot in secrecy. Like people don't see a lot of what you do in the ways that you serve your students, but God sees, you know, and honors that you have opportunities to love someone as you love yourself. Like I think about like everyone wants what's best for their kids, but it's human nature to kind of pick favorites or whatever, but you Mm -hmm. have opportunities to like, Oh, like love all of these kids. What, what would I want for my kids? Or, you know, I think that, yeah, doing your work with excellence as worship, like it's just really cool, the opportunities that are there. I'm thankful we have lots of teachers here. Um, And that kind of leads to my next question is, what would you say to someone who's considering teaching? And, And before you answer, I would say, I know a lot of people will discourage them, actually, because I know a lot of young people who have said, oh, I want to teach, and other people tell them don't do it and list the reasons why. So what would you say maybe for 
teaching? I think there is so much power that you have as a teacher to change and to shape young lives. Mm -hmm. And I think it is invaluable to be able to know, even on the exhausting days, I leave my classroom and I'm like, I'm shaping the next generation. Um, These are going to be our next leaders. And it feels like a blessing and a privilege to be able to be an adult in their lives and walk through um, that time of their life with them. Um, But along with that, and kind of Kathleen, what you said at the beginning about time outside of school, I think I would also encourage, um, because that's something that I struggle with a lot. And I think a lot of teachers and those personalities do. Um, And I, I think it's so true of, I had to really learn that my identity had to be rooted in Christ before Mm. I stepped into the classroom because there will be so much around me making me feel like I'm not enough if I don't have that. Um, And so I think that would be my encouragement of um, this is one of the greatest jobs ever. And along with that, just remember who you are and that you're doing so much good um, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think along with that, it, what, what Angelica is describing is just not only knowing your identity, but also setting boundaries, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially your first few years, that can be really difficult mm-hmm. to do whenever you're creating your lessons or really kind of getting the groove of things for the first time, you can easily work well over your contracted hours and, yeah, I mean, maybe you'll have better lessons. Maybe your kids will leave the room knowing a little bit more, but you're just going to burn yourself out mm-hmm. if you do that. So I think I would just say to a, a prospective teacher, like, hey, absolutely. Like, this is like, come in. This is a very difficult job and we need you. And also don't let this be the entirety of who you are. Set your limits and then go home and do something else, you know, leave that schoolwork at school. I think I would also encourage somebody to really um, ask good questions of the administration before, like if, if you're interviewing for a job or if you are, um, if you're con- just, it's still the consideration phase, talk to people who are teachers, talk to people in administration, look at schools and, um, and demographics because you might fit better in one type of school than another. And, and so knowing yourself and knowing what you're getting into is really important, just like you would in any job if you were going into it. Don't, but I think the stakes are higher in teaching because you really are, as Angelica said, you're, you're, you're affecting children's lives and, and future. And so you need to take that seriously and, and think about what, who you are and how, um, how you are going to enter into this profession. If it is the profession for you, I would certainly hope that, um, people would enter into it having had some kind of experience with it prior to going. Don't just, don't just say, Hey, you know, pull up, I'm going to be a teacher today because yeah, there are lots of job postings and, and you know, that's, and I need a paycheck. That's really not the best way to go into it. Um, And just knowing your content area, like if you're a high school or older, you know, um, knowing your content area is not enough. Mm -hmm. You really have to know how to manage a classroom and how to um, how to love children and and how they develop and grow. 
um, that's really, really important. Yeah. One really tangible piece of advice that worked well for me my first year, especially um, first year trope was really, really hard for me. And there was a huge learning curve. And um, one of my mentors said, get a notebook and write one good thing that happened before you leave the classroom. Um, and there would be some days where I would sit there and giggle to myself and write four or five things. And there would be some days that I would sit there at my desk for probably five or 10 minutes racking my brain. Um, but it was a really powerful way to end each day on a positive note. Um, and I've realized I've carried that over to other aspects of my life. If I'm in a hard season, I'm like, I'm gonna pick the good thing that happened today. And that's going to be where I end my day. Um, and so that really helped me. And I would, I would recommend that to somebody entering too. Good. Good advice. Um, how can we at Waypoint um, support teachers, um, like teachers in our congregation and also teachers in our community? So obviously prayer, um, mm-hmm. that's the most accessible way that I think anyone can support teachers. And then I think prayer for a, a few specific things too. Um pray for the people who are making decisions in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers don't have a ton of voice over what happens in a school. And unfortunately, a lot of the times the people who are making decisions haven't really been teachers or haven't mm-hmm. been teachers in a long time and don't really, they're just not in touch. So so pray for that um just the, the the experience of the people making decisions um, for conditions, you know, schools are are difficult, and um, especially like in our climate, um, what in in all extents of the word, but specifically, I'm talking about the like the 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 news headlines that you'll read about um, schools, um, all the people who are um, fighting for. Um, certain things to be taught or not taught, people who think they really know education, but they don't. Um, That's kind of getting a little complicated, but I think as a whole, I would just pray for um, teachers to be sustained and um, that they would know that their their presence and their ability is, is felt and needed. I agree, and I think um, praying for those in power and for the the conditions of many of our schools and um, making sure kids have the things that they need um, to the best of our abilities and that teachers are supported. Um, And then on a very basic, tangible level, a, a parent as they're able, I think there's a lot of power in asking a teacher, is there anything you need? Um, I have been so blessed by some parents. Um, just that simple question can jog my memory of actually we're out of pencils. Um, or if you ever have the time, here's a volunteer need we have. And, um, it has helped me feel supported to know I have parents behind me, um, that are there to help and partner, um, in their child's education. 
Right. And not everybody has the time to like right. come into your classroom or run to the store and grab things for you or whatever. But just um, if you're a parent, letting your teacher know that you care about them and that you are grateful for them or any of those things. Um, you know, during the, the pandemic, everybody was like, oh, teachers, we love you. We love you. And now like, <laughs> yeah, OK, we're, we're done. We're moving on. And um, and, and I don't say that because I, I resent parents or whatever. I just say it that, you know, we have short memories and, um, you know, what we do is is formational and we are helping to grow that next generation and we just keep doing it year after year. Um, I, I don't say that because I want to pat us on the backs. Mm-hmm. I say it because it's real and we need to, um, so supporting, to, in order to support teachers, I think we just need to r- remind them that, hey, um, you know, I can't maybe, um, I can't afford to bring those pencils in for you, but maybe if they're brought in, I'd, I'd sharpen them or whatever. I mean, just making mm-hmm. that, that uh, yourself available in whatever way possible. So. Yeah. yeah, and another prayer request um, in a way that we can support teachers is just praying that the, like the, the role and that the profession would be more attractive to people coming in. Yes. Um, I think it, if you look at it long enough and mm-hmm. all teachers kind of fall into a place sometimes where you can re- get really dismayed by the outlook mm-hmm. of education, yeah. whether that comes to um, teacher pay or um, just the perception that teaching has in media, um, just pray that, that the um, atmosphere around education would improve um, so as to attract people who are qualified and good and Mm -hmm. will be helpful for students to grow. And going back to the, what would you say to someone who is thinking about entering the profession is, um, not to be deterred by the negatives that we see and hear or that people will say, why would you want to be a teacher? Um, because the kids need you. And if you're passionate, we, we really, the kids deserve you, um, and we need those coworkers and those teachers to come alongside as a group um, mm-hmm. to help to help support these kids and help them grow as much as possible. Um, and so, to a bit of encouragement there too, as you hear or um, read or perceive negative connotations of teaching, to if God has put that passion on your heart, um, go in faith. Yeah, good. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Anything else um, mm-hmm. you want to say about teaching or to others, to Waypoint? Yeah, you know, I think what Angelica was just talking about reminds me too. Like, I think in our workplace environment now, so many people will change careers and go from teaching to something else or even go from something else to teaching. And I think that I say that as an encouragement both for people who haven't taught before and for people um, who maybe used to teach and are thinking about coming back, like, um, any, any time that you contribute is, is, um, making an impact. Um, I don't know. Uh, you're not necessarily called to teach for your entire vocation, you know, Mm. come in, come out, but know that when you're in, you'll be making an impact. Mm. That's awesome. Well, um, thank you guys for coming and sharing. And thank you to all of our many 
teachers, professors, uh, administrative workers in schools, all of those who um, serve uh, students. And um, we're thankful for you, and we are praying for you, and we want to support you. And thanks for all of you who listened. Bye.